Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I had a, I had a, I didn't even tell him in the morning service. I had this like vision. We were in Belgium and we were just in uh, Europe and uh, it was good meetings. Everything went great. But I had this vision. It wasn't like open, like vision, but I just had this vision. It was really pretty wild. Probably gripped me a little bit. It was like four, I told him Wednesday night, it was like four rows of people. It looked like four people like boxed in. You ever see people like real tight, like going on a subway or something like that? You know, you got like, you got like four people look like one, two, three, four, bookend in there, like tight. And it looked like they were on a subway train, going fast, going down this corridor looking thing. And then over here, I seen these other people, they were doing like this. I seen it, I was in the middle of them. It was weird, but it was God. And I watched this other people, they were doing like this, single file, they were like this. Single file row of people, they're doing this. Just doing like this. Over here, four rows wide, packed in like rats. Fast, like a train. I said, man, what is that? I watched these other people, single file. Ting, 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 ting. Real narrow. And I said, Lord, I said, in my spirit, you know, I was like, God, is that, is that wide is the way to destruction and narrow is the way to everlasting life? And I really felt like the Lord's like, you got to win souls. We got to go after the harvest. So you got you to start talking to people, man. You got to get people in church, too, because here's the problem. You make a convert, and then you leave them out in the earth, they get worse. You got to get them in to learn something. You got to start bugging your neighbors. Get in the car. Let's go to church. Come on, let's go. Talk to people at work. They're dying waiting for you to talk to them. I'm telling you, get on assignment. Start saying, hey, let's go. You need to go to church. Come on, come to church with me. I, I'm leaving t- 9 o'clock, 10.30. I'm going 10.30. You get in. Let's go. I'll pick you up. Come on. Somebody had to come get you. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Listen, people need the Lord. And they might come here and not like me. It's okay. We'll send them somewhere else. But praise be to God. We're going to get them in the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? I'm, it really got me. really, like, gripped me. Like, what, 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 you know, sometimes you get so self-absorbed with life and how it's going on with us. I'm starting to miss people that I need to reach. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go bug them all my neighbors. They think I'm crazy anyway, half of them. The one guy thought I was Jehovah Witness. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were going to come over here. and get. I said, no, 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 I ain't going to come over there and get you, bro. I'm going to come pray for you from across the street and get you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. No. Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. They think you're Catholic or something. Like, you a priest? Then one time they asked me about priest. I said, bro, I'm the farthest thing from a priest you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm a priest in the spirit, but I ain't got no collar and all that. Amen. Hallelujah. But they don't know. Your neighbors don't know. They know you go to church, though. They know you go to church. So next time I say, why don't you get in the car? Come on. Junior, remember I used to come bug you? Junior's, junior, junior, junior will tell you. I used to go over to that shop, and he used to laugh at me. Now he is one. He knew when he was a little boy. But I used to go over there. He, you know, Lee, he used to give me a hard time about it. He's like, I ain't going to know. I'm not going to no church with you. Look at you now. You got the whole row. You got two rows. When you, really, when you really show out, you got two rows. Yeah, Charles, you're just a byproduct of junior seed. Amen. <laughs> I used to go in there. He looked at me like, I ain't going to play. I'm not going to see you. I was like, well, I don't know. One day you'll come. And he came. Ain't never left, thank God. Amen. But you got to go, go care about somebody enough to go out of your way. Go out of your way. Just go out of your way. Just say, man, you come to church with me. And it, I'm telling you, they're looking for it. Because everybody needs hope and peace. You know, and like yesterday, as is, is rough, you know, some of you don't know, but as hard as it is, because you're kind of like, man, 
I won't see nobody go. You're kind of like, he's in heaven with Jesus. He ain't coming back. <laughs> he don't want, he'd be like, if you gave him option A, stay with Jesus, or B, come back, he ain't coming back. So you know what? Just know you know for sure. That's all. You know, I'm not trying to make it hard on you, but go love people. Care about, you know, the earth says this, they care. You can't love right until you got God in you. Human love is selfish. You know what I'm saying? Human love is selfish. So everybody's like, oh, they love you. And all these organizations are supposed to love people. They can't love people right. Because remember, human love is always selfish. It's always selfish. It's not agape. Until you're in the kingdom, it's love, love isn't right. So even though all this stuff is like, we do it out of love. No, nah, it's really selfish. People are doing it for their own needs. But once you got agape, you do it willfully, freely of the heart, it's different. You can't get agape until you got Jesus. We got agape love. That's unconditional love. That's Jesus' kind of love. He puts his love in us to love people with. You see it? It's different. The earth's got like, oh, we love people. No, nah, there's always a catch to human love. It's selfishness by root. And because and it, if you don't produce right in it, it'll turn on you. Kingdom love is different. You say the love of a mama, it's selfish. Don't worry about it. Not in its natural sense. If it responds right, it'll be there. If it's not right, it changes. But when agape hits, that's a whole new world. Now I'm loving you with the Jesus kind of love. I could deal with your nutness when I love you with Jesus' love. I could deal with the craziness of it. I got Jesus kind of He said, love them because I love you. Now I'm not loving you based on your performance. I'm loving you based on his performance to me. Human love is based on the performance of the recipient. So I'm looking at you going, how you love me, I'm going to love you. You give me 30%, I'll give you 30%. Now, Jesus said, loving him the way I love you, I gave you 100%, so I'm all in. And then I don't look at your attitude to determine whether I take my love back and forth. I just stay continually loving you. What about my performance? I could care less. You're going to be good? You're going to be bad? I care less. I'm going to love you anyway because he's loving me. You see it? There's a difference. That's what the church is at. But then they come to church, they look for it. Oh, there's a bunch of people in there. Just love God the way Jesus said love them. They'll straighten out. And I don't want no people that are all perfect anyway. You ever see perfect people? They're an endangered species. You can't find a perfect person. I want some people that have been through some stuff. In case we get in a fight, we know they ain't going to run away. You know what I mean? You need them kind of people with you. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you <laughs> I don't want all those holy people. Holy people are all messed up. They're too religious for me. Let me go preach the gospel before I get in trouble. All right. <laughs> Luke, Luke chapter 7. Are you excited? We're still in 30 days of praise. How many have you been praising God every day? It's good, ain't it? Change your life. Look, Luke, let's go. Luke 7, everybody say 36. And look at this. I'm going to read all the way through. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. There was a woman in the city which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster box of ointment. And stood at his feet, behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. She kissed his feet, anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, they spake within themselves, and this man, if he's a prophet, wouldn't he know what kind of woman this was that's touching him? She's a sinner. Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I got something to say to you. He said, what's that, master? There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. 
One owned 500 pence and the other 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one would love the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose it is he who is forgiven the most. And he said to him, you've judged right. Turned to the woman and he said these words, Simon, you see this woman? I entered into her house. I entered into your house is what he was saying. You didn't give me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair. Thou didn't give me a kiss, but ever since I came in the door, she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. My head with oil, she anointed. You didn't, but this woman, she's anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. They that sat with him began to say with themselves, Who is this that forgives sins? What kind of man is this? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. You know, I, I told him in the morning service, I kind of got challenged by this because um, I started thinking about how does gratitude become a lifestyle? You know, we're in 30 days of praise. We're, we're asking God to... Thank, we're, thank, we're thanking God, we're praising God, we're, being, we're kind of being joyful. You know, it's real quick to be complaining. I don't know about you, but I usually complain first and praise later. You know, it's not, it's not the best situation of life. And one of the things that I started asking myself, maybe you, you asked yourself the same thing over 30 days of praise. I'm trying to create praise to be a lifestyle where, where I'm, I'm not quick to complain, but I'm kind of quicker to be thankful. And I started thinking about Thanksgiving. I started thinking about worshiping God. I started thinking about praising God. And I started really thinking about two words that really started hitting me real hard was gratitude. Okay, one of the things, I really want to be grateful, you know, have gratitude towards God. And another thing that really kind of hit me really good was not, not even just the gratefulness is, is really important, but really, really consider the attributes of God and giving him glory for who he is. You know what I mean? So one of the things that really hit me was gratitude. And I started asking myself maybe a question you've asked yourself is that if gratitude is supposed to be my attitude, which it is, to be grateful. Because sometimes we murmur. You know, the children of Israel got in a lot of trouble. Numbers even says this. He said, God heard their complaining. God, and I'm going to talk about it later on in the month. But God said that he, when he hears our murmuring and our complaining, he stops the flow of the blessing. It's really important that you don't complain. Remember the children of Israel, they said, I got a land flowing with milk and honey for you, but because you murmured and complained outside of the promised land, I can't give you everything I want. So we know that the murmuring and complaining blocks the blessings that God has for us. So we want to be careful not to be quick to complain. Amen? We want to almost, so joyfulness is something we need to be finding. Now listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you life is fair. I'm not going to tell you everything you go through is easy. There's people in here, you went through a lot of hell. It's just true. But here's the thing, that doesn't change God and who he is. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why. We get to heaven, I'm going to have a whole bunch of questions. Why did this happen and why did that happen? And why, why does it look like jerky people don't have no problems and really good people got great problems? And why does it look like lost people got, I don't know. I'm not God. 
I'm not going to sit. You know, Rick Warren, that guy killed it. He said the smartest thing I ever heard in my life that I ever, he said, I'd rather walk with God with all my questions than walk by myself with all the answers. Oh, my Lord, I almost fell. His son had committed suicide. And CNN showed up. With, it, was, it, was so, it was so hard. It was so, I don't know how that man stood there. But they had cameras. And it was, you know, the, the earth is evil. They're so evil. Don't let them fool you. Don't let this media fool you. It's evil. It's got one thing behind it, evil. So they put cameras all around the guy at the worst time of his life and tried to get his answer about his God. The guy's brilliant is what he is. And he stood there and said this. He said this. He put the, put the king on. He said, I'd rather walk with God with all of my questions than walk by myself with all the answers. And he shut him up because what are you going to say? God's God. I don't know. I'm not God. How in the world? How, who knows why? I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know anything. I only know a little bit. Just when you think you know God a little bit, he moves and you don't know nothing. But I know God is good. Amen. The devil, see, here's the thing. You think God takes, God, the devil is the thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That ain't God. But I know God's faithful. I don't know. But I know this. I don't want to be on the other side of it. The Bible said that God inhabits the praises of his people. And I want to be thankful, and I want to be joyful, and I want, I, want to have a, I want to have the right words coming out my mouth. Amen? I want, I want to have an attitude. If gratitude creates my altitude, then I want to make sure I stay in the place of gratefulness. Amen? You know what I'm saying? Because if my life's being hindered, come on, if the earth's going to release increase because of my praise, I want to keep my praise on it. Amen? So I started asking. So I started looking at this thing, and this, this story kind of bugged me. <laughs> is that okay? It bugged me because I was like, okay, so great. So it says if you, if you sin much, you've been forgiven much, and if you're forgiven much, you love much. Isn't that what we read? And I was like, well, great. This is great. So all you real, you know, A-list sinners, you got a better relationship with God. <laughs> and remember, come on, right? You know, like, you little grandma sinners, you're, you're, you're probably just going to slip through the gates of heaven, man. What kind of, but it doesn't, it, it kind of bothered me, like, okay, wait a minute, go slow. He, you know, isn't, can't you see it? Like, Jesus, like, he that has been forgiven much, loveth much. He that is forgiven little, loveth little. I'm like, hey, 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 slow this up. So what's that mean? All the professional sinners are like, you know, great lovers of God and all the, you know, the medium sinners, you're like a halfway lover of God and then you, you little bottom line, low level lovers, you know, come on, doesn't it seem weird? Like, so great. So if you're, if you're a first class sinner, well, well, hey, great. You guys are doing, you're probably, I told them in the morning, they're first class sinners, you're probably on the praise team because you guys are like, you know. (laughs) You know, you're probably like, you know, the professional worshipers because you love God the most, you know? That's what I said in the morning, right? Yeah, like, well, this ain't fair. I got mad. I was like, how fair is that? Like, I'm not, I, I was bad, but I wasn't like as bad as some of you. Come on. <laughs> and it bugged me, you know? I was like, you know, and I was like, God, come on, what is it? How do I measure gratitude? And then it hit me. I was like, wait a minute, slow this up. You got forgiven as much as I got forgiven. And you got forgiven as much as I got forgiven. And you got as forgiven as much. And you got forgiven as much. And you got forgiven. So wait a minute, stop. If we all got forgiven at the same level of forgiveness, then how in the world do we really balance out this thing of forgiveness? Because he said he that's forgiven much. We all got forgiven at the same level because it happened on the cross of Christ. So then I got really messed up and I said, well, what in the world determines the place of gratitude? And it hit me. It's not based on the level of forgiveness. 
It's based on the level of understanding how much you've been forgiven. And that's the difference. See, the difference is this. Somebody's got a better revelation of them. I don't care about the level of sin. You just got an understanding that you've been forgiven. And the people that have an understanding, see, think of this. It's not based on the level of forgiveness because we all got forgiveness given equally. It's based upon the understanding of the recipient that they are forgiven that determines the level of praise, thanksgiving, and gratitude that comes out of them because we all got it equally. But whatever has become a revelation to you has now become a lifestyle in you. That's why some people could be sitting here, we worshiping God and go, time's this over. My watch broke. And somebody's over there weeping and tears are streaming out of their face and they can't stop it. It's not based on what we're singing. It's based how you sing about the per. It's not based about what we're singing. It's not based about what we're singing. It's based upon the relationship you have with the person we're singing about right there in that moment. It's your God consciousness. That's why some people go, well, I don't even know why you go. And some of you, you, you got to get here early. See, there ain't nothing. See, that's the thing. We got to get people God conscious. That's the key. So I started asking myself, well, wait a minute now. So if it's based on that, where's my level of consciousness of how good God is? And that's on you. But I started asking myself the question of all questions. I guess it's time that we start understanding that it's not based upon what he's done. It's based upon what I have an understanding of what he's done for my life. Now we're starting to get somewhere. Why? Because worship was given to correct my focus. My focus is going to be on what it should not be on until I take the element of worship and put it on what it should be put on. Can you see it? Because what I'm going to do if I don't correct my focus is I'm going to stay in what I should not be looking at. And when you stay at what you should not be looking at, you focus on the wrong things. But I got great news for you today that if you could flip your focus, you could change what you feel. Because, see, here's the thing that happens with God. We want to feel it. There's an element of wanting to feel it. We want the emotions of it. It would be wrong not to say you want the emotions of it. You do. And sometimes it's more emotionally an involvement than it is. But the way to engage it emotionally is not to gauge it just on what's going on in my life. Now, here's the danger, okay? This is very powerful, so get this. If I look at my circumstances of life to create the emotion that I'm going to give praise God with, I'm in trouble. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fluctuate. It's going to value, devalue. It's not going to be good. So instead of me looking at the moment of time that I'm standing in to determine the feelings that I should have about what I'm going to give God, I don't look at the position that I'm in. I look at the purpose that I'm standing in in this. I worship him not based upon what I'm facing. I worship him based upon who he is. So when I lose the moment of understanding, it's today. Today doesn't move my praise. I bring my praise in today and change my today. Because some days ain't going to look good, and I'm not going to want to give them praise, and that's the problem. When my emotions are determined about how I see God and how I respond to God based upon my moment in time, it's going to fluctuate in value all over the place. L let me break. It's easy, okay? How you doing? All right, let me break it down. If I look in today to determine how I'm going to praise God, this stuff's going to get all over the place. Because tomorrow might not be good for you. 
The day after that might be miserable, and now we're like, give me praise. Like, I don't want to praise nobody. So you can't look at where you're at because, see, some days it's going to be high and some days it's going to be low. How about this? Don't look at where you're at. Look at who he is. When I see, because this is why God gave us worship. Worship takes my focus off of what it shouldn't be on and puts it on what it should be on. And now I can't stop praising him because who he is is the reason why I'm blessing his holy name because not because of what he's doing. Because what he's doing might not look like him. I'm going to praise him anyway. See, here's the thing. you got to get God conscious in the moment. Otherwise, you're going to not be what? And, see, because here's the thing. The Bible didn't say when you pray, his presence will show up. See, the faster you become scriptural, the better your life's going to become. The Bible doesn't say, think of this. The Bible didn't say when you pray, he's going to show up. The Bible, I'm telling you, right? The Bible doesn't say a lot. How are you going to get God's presence? The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Amen? When you worship him, he'll show up. How can I guarantee the presence of God? I, what would I do? He said what? He said he inhabits the praises of his people. He didn't say he inhabits the prayers of his people. Come on, somebody. He didn't say he inhabited a lot of things of his people. But he said he inhabits his praise. Come on, you made me show. Come on. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did he say? I'll prove it to you. I got the Bible. You ready? He said, now watch this. He said, enter into my courts with thanksgiving. Come on now, are you got, we got to be scriptural. You want God to show up? Then we got to do what God said. Come on, right? Here's the thing. We understand that God, look, 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 look. Go to Psalms 22. God can't praise himself. Psalms 22, 3. I'm just going to give you a couple of scriptures. I'm going to keep you 15 minutes. I'm going to let you go because you got to start practicing this stuff. You stay in here all day long. That's why 10, 10, 9 o'clock ran into 10 o'clock. We didn't get out of here. They stood here another 20 minutes laying on the floor and praising the Lord. He came in. I said, practice it. What good is me talking about you and practicing it? You know what I'm saying? There are people coming here, right? They testified. That's the strongest. Thing. Angela got a testimony. One of the ladies said, I ain't never felt the presence of God that strong in my life in years, serving God for years. But I ain't none of my business. I get out the way. Let they take that home with you. You'll never be the same again. That's all between you and God. You know what I mean? Listen, I can get up here and run around and scream about a bunch of stuff, and you get a little goosebump on you. I could get God to touch you and change you in one minute for the rest of your life. That's why I don't, I'm not playing. I'm like going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm saying Holy Ghost will straighten out your ideas of your head, touch your life. Okay? Look what it says here. Thou art God. Thou inhabits, inhabits the praises of his people. Or you can say it like that. Israel, right? He inhabits the praise. When's the last time you had a praise party at the house? Come on, you know what I'm saying? You lift your, next time you get ready to fight, you know what I mean? You're going to get in an argument. Husbands and wives, you know what I'm talking about. You're about ready to get in it. You know what I mean? Stop. Time out. We're going to have a praise break. Everybody have a praise break in the living room. You know what I'm saying? You start having a praise break. Well, I want to say what I want to say. Well, hush your mouth and say what the Bible said. We're going to praise the Lord. Come on, you know what I'm saying? When's the last time you're going to have a praise party? Next time somebody comes back and gives you some goofy answer, have a praise party. Amen? We're going to praise the Lord. Next time those kids get all wiggy, because I know they get wiggy. I got a bunch of them, right? They get wiggy. Next time they want to get wiggy, I'm going to shut off all the technology and say, lift your hands in the sanctuary and give God praise. And the jokers will snap into attention like this. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I'm telling you, listen to me, right? Go in there and work. Next time work gets jerky, some of you got a corporate environment, right? You know what I mean? You can't act like that at the work. What are they going to do to you? What are they going to do to you? You went to work and said, time out, we're going to pray. 
Atheists will let you pray. You ever seen that? Unless you got a real hell-bent one, try to show up at work, try to get you in trouble. If that happens, then we'll pray against them. Yeah, I, I don't pray nice prayers. Miss Kathy prays nice prayers with the prayer group. <laughs> yeah, they don't let me in. One day I started praying around here. They looked at one another. They're like, oh, my God, did he just say that? I said, yeah, I said it. I'll stand behind it, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't pray nice prayers. Amen? I'll teach you how to pray nice prayers one night. We'll have a non-nice prayer service. You want to learn them? I'll teach them to you. God, destroy my enemies. You shouldn't be my enemy. Why are you my enemy? You could, you could love me just as much as you can hate me. Choose to love me. Otherwise, my God will destroy you. Hallelujah. Amen. Doesn't it sound good? Come on, clap like there's energy in here today. Come on. We're the militant church. Today's Veterans Day. Let's be a little militant about this Christianity. Oh, yeah. They want to rise up in the earth and say, oh, the church. The church shouldn't say that. I'm crazy enough to believe God will change the earth. I ain't down with all this nonsense. They're down with political garbage. Got no problem killing little kids and doing all this nonsense and living like the devil and hating people. I'm a man of God. They should shake and quake. I might just go to White House and hang out there one day. Make the place shake a little bit. Stand there and say, I declare and I decree. Elijah did it. Maybe God will send fire. I don't know what he's going to do. He's God. I'm obedient. Some of you better start shifting this mentality and start understanding. I got to get scriptural with my life. Come on, you see it? If I want God to inhabit my place, I got to find a place of praise. Amen? You got to find a place to praise. Some of you got the attention span of a three-year-old. You can't pay attention for two minutes unless you got a screen in your face. Screen in my face. Screen in my face. Got no screen in my face. Screen in my face. No, praise God. Get your head right. Your head's all over the joint. I'm, not, I'm being nice. This is nice. Don't get, I'm not yelling at you. You know what the problem is? If I'm hitting the nonsense you're dealing with, why don't you just accept it? I don't know you. I don't know you got a problem with all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So if it's like, yeah, you know, he's right. I ain't paying no attention to God. Pay attention to God. I don't know you. I don't go home with you. Can you, can you let me in? Give me a break, will you? All right, you get it? Inhabits to pray. When's the last time you had it? God didn't say I inhabit your prayer time. He didn't say I inhabit your church service neither. A lot of churches go to church, they ain't no God show up. Come on, are you here? God didn't say I'll show up at work. God didn't say I'll show up at work. God said I'll show up if you praise me. If you praise me, I promise you my presence. Amen? My God. He said if two or more you are gathered in my name. Amen? What's that mean? Get in here and start praising God. Now we're getting better. I got us in the house, and now we're praising God. We got this thing surrounded. Sooner or later, he's got to show up. Hallelujah. And let the praises of God inhabit your mouth. Amen? So I got to start praising the Lord. Now watch this. Write this down. This is really good. This is my nugget for the day. You ready for this? Okay? Here's the thing. Write this down. I'm going to give you new. You guys get a little more at 1030. I got more time with you. Ready? Okay? Listen. God will be with you when you praise him. He hangs around the people that praise him. God will be with you when you praise him. He hangs around the people that praise him. Amen? Y'all start praising God. Start thanking God. Start thanking God. Thank you, God. Start getting it coming out your mouth. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Get it coming out your mouth. Thank you, God. Glory to God. Something happens good, praise him. Favor keeps coming the more you keep giving him credit. Favor will keep coming the more you keep giving God credit. Thank God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Something when he does something, you know, genuinely from your heart. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Oh, God did. Praise God. You know what I mean? Thank you. Praise the Lord. You ever do something nice for somebody and they don't say thank you? That bugs you. Don't lie. 
You ever hold the door open for somebody? You hold the door open, they go in. And, uh, oh, man, come on. You feel like hitting them with the door. I didn't do it for the praise. I did it as a gentleman, being a gentleman, but you should be nice. Don't y'all bug you? You know what? You stand there, you open the door. Billy, you're a good guy like that. You do it all the time. I know I see you. He's a gentleman, right? He open the door. People walk in. People walk in. Don't you feel like kicking those people? Like, get in there and be learn something. Your mother should have slapped you when you were three. You understand what I mean, right? Don't that bother you? But don't you like grateful people? I like giving money to grateful people, don't you? You know what I'm saying? Like, you give them money, bam, hey, oh, yeah. You ever see kids? Kids are the best. You give them a dollar, they go, <laughs> you give them $5, right? Yeah, you give them $10. I was the other day, the kids said, give me 20 bucks. I said, you might as well make it 50 by the time I get out of here, right? You know what I'm saying? No, you know, you want to be thankful in life because you attract favor. Thankfulness. Grumpy people don't get nothing. And boys don't like grumpy girls. I'm telling you, ladies, listen. Boys don't like grumpy girls. I tell my girls that. They'll tell you that. I said, boys don't like grumpy girls. Grumpy girls are, ugh. No, who wants to be around a grumpy girl? All you guys are, you're a bunch of punks. You be a man up. I'm over here saying, I'm scared my wife's here. Stop being scared. You understand me? Tell the truth. Boys don't like grumpy girls. Thanks, Paul. She ain't sitting there, though. I noticed that. It's okay. <laughs> he don't care. She ain't grumpy either. He won't get in trouble. Amen. I mean, praise the Lord. That's good. Right? But guys don't like grumpy girls. Be happy. And if you ain't happy, make yourself happy. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how we got on that, but don't be grumpy. And girls like, I don't like grumpy boys. I know some of you complain too much. You guys complain about everything. Everything. All these guys complain. Complain, you got to go to work. Complain, you got to go here. Complain, you got to go there. Be quiet. Get up tomorrow morning and be happy you can provide for your family. Amen. Amen. Thank God you got a job. And if you don't like the job you got, get planning for a new one. Don't quit the one you got, but start to, this is where you use your faith. I hate my job. Good. Now we got a faith project. Let's start working. We'll start believing God to get you a new job. There we go. That's what, what do you think you got faith for? Say, man, my kids are driving me up a wall. Well, you sure like creating them. Now you got them. <laughs> Remember when you were believing for them? Oh, God. You like making them. Now I'm going to meddle. Hallelujah. I can feel it. It's coming. Just went to PG from G real quick. We're almost at PG-13. Hey, got responsibility. Come on, right? That don't mean it stops your praise. You can't look at like, oh, my marriage is defective. Praise your way out. Stay in it, but praise your way out. Praise your way out of your problem, not your position. When's the last time you thank God for that spouse? When's the last time you thank God for those kids? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Praise. When are you going to make it a praise party is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Because I got this other thing. You ready? You're, you okay for this? Praise attracts God mostly in your life. You can write it any way you want, but praise is what got God's attention. And this is what I want you to really write down. Look at the thing that is bothering you and praise God for it. Oh, 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 oh. you're like, that's my spouse. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's causing the biggest problem in your life? The kid. Start praising God for that kid. Everybody's got one. Right? You know what I mean? Or something. Like, you know, you might have a situation. You got a situation now? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Start praying. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Stop being a complainer. Complainers don't get no blessings. Stop being a mumbler and a complainer because mumbling and complaining just means you don't see God moving in your life. The children of Israel got shut outside the blessings of God because they mumbled, they grumbled, and they complained. Mumbling and grumbling and complaining ain't going to get you doing nothing. Stop complaining about life. Stop complaining about what you don't have. What you don't have, you could create with a seed. What you don't see, you could create with a seed. What you don't want in your life, you praise out of your life. If I can get something coming in you, I can get something going out of you. Get praise in your mouth and allow the praises of God to be released least in your life. It'll change your focus. It'll change your feelings. It'll change what you see. It'll change what you understand. It'll change what you think. It'll change the way you focus on life. But it's got to be found in your praise. What you mean? You got to take worship and allow it to take you off the problem and put it on God. That's why he gave us worship. Start praising God for what's bothering you in life. If you got pain in your body, praise God, he's your healer. If you got trouble in your finances, praise God that he's the God that meets all your needs. If you're lonely, praise God that he's there to give you compassion and come to you in a time of need and cocoon you with his presence. If you got something going on in your mind, I'm crazy. Well, then thank God right there. Go, Lord, I thank you that I got the power. You didn't give me a mind that's messed up. You didn't give me no spirit of fear, but I have love, power, and a sound mind. The Bible said that he will inhabit the praise. He didn't say, yo, but if you ain't got God's presence, then start praising the Lord. Get him to come in the car. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I do it. Praise the Lord. They say, you know why you got that song today? That miracle worker? Wait a minute. Man, I was in the office the other day, and I went to a meeting. She keeps telling me it was that one meeting. I was somewhere else, man. I was in another meeting, too. I was in a meeting. All of a sudden, uh, they start singing this song. That song's an old song. They start singing, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Come on, man. You see this thing? That's who he is. I was like, wait, man, stop. Wait, wait, wait. I said, what'd they say? And I went back. And then that one lady sang it over in Africa. There was like 700,000 people. That's, what's her name? Sanaa. You know her? You see her? Brittany, you sing it just as good. God bless you. The team really does. I mean, Brittany really killed it. You guys all killed it. And when you guys hit them solo spots, I'm like, praise be to God. You said 70,000 people worshiping God. Waymaker. I said, why God in heaven? Waymaker. I was like, man, wait a minute. You know what I did? I got in a car. I can't sing good. I sound like a tin can. God don't care. I got joyful noise mastered. I'm a master of joyful noise. I get one note every six months. And then I think, then I'm a mess because then I think I'm Al Green. I'm like trying to hit runs and Mar- I'm Marvin Gaye overnight. It ain't happening. I try though, but I don't really care. You do what you want to do in your own house. But ooh. Hey, that's it. I ain't got it. It don't go nowhere. I try. I try, it don't work. <laughs> Every once in a while, a little Smokey Robinson come out of me, just a little bit. Smokey saves, so God bless him. All right, praise the Lord. All right, so I try. I try to do what I can, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I started praising God. Now, I started praising God, and guess what happened? God showed up. I got a praise party of one. Ain't nobody else around. See, some of you got to go to that place in your spirit. See, some of you, I know you, some of you, you act all tough. I know you cry at night. That's okay. We all cry. I know you, you, you're void in life. Everybody's void in life. If you didn't need God, man, 
What do you mean? Everybody needs God. So now all of a sudden you're lonely. Nobody can empty, nobody can feel my loneliness. I'll tell you, worship will feel it. I'm brokenhearted. He mends the brokenhearted. It's for, see, everything, just remember this. Write this down. Everything you need is in his presence. I just got to get you to his presence. Everything you need in life is waiting for you in his presence. But I got to get you in his presence, and I can't fabricate his church has been trying to play charades with God for a decade, fabricating his presence. You can't fabricate the presence of God. I don't care what kind of platform I put up here. Fabricate. Does that feel like God? It's like Jack in the Box. Is this him today? I can't fabricate his presence. I can't do it. And you ain't desperate enough, some of you, yet to get to the place where that's all you need is his presence. Because you can stay medicated long enough and, 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 and mind, mind messed up. And now we all got no attention, so we all, we, we're just gone. But there comes a day when you're like, God, I can't do nothing. I got to find your presence. See, when you get serious, it'll hit you. And they go, I got to have the presence of God. And that's when you know I got to do what he asked me to do. See, here's the thing about God's presence. I can't invite myself to your I could, but I don't invite myself to your house. I wait for you to invite me. And then when you invite me, you give me rules of engagement. You say, hey, can you come over at 7 o'clock? Surely, what are we doing? Could you bring something? Yeah, I'll bring something. Give me the script so I can come to your house. He gave you the script. He said, you want to, you, see, here's the problem with people. God already told them what to do. They're too stiff-necked to do it. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. How's that work out? Don't work out. His presence don't show up. You see it? Now, I'm not picking on you. I love you. I'm removing the ignorance of church. You see what I'm saying? You get that? He said, hey, look. He said, praise me. How long did he say? I don't know. He said he'll show up. I'm going to throw a chair right there. <laughs> Did you get that? He said, praise me. I, I'm, I'm stubborn. I'm ornery. He said, praise me. I said, I'll praise you all day long, dude. You said you'd show up, though. I'll praise you all week. I'll praise you all year. I'll praise you for six months every day. But you promised. <laughs> Somebody's catching me. He said, I'll inhabit your praise. He didn't say how long. I don't really care. I think he comes quicker than you think. I told him in the morning service, I laid down on the altar in the morning service. I ain't going to lay down today. But I laid down over here. I said, can you imagine Paul and Silas? Remember the story? They got in prison. Can you imagine that? They in prison, shackled. They shackled laying down flat. Shot out. Chained up. And all of a sudden, can you imagine being in prison? Doing the will of the Lord. And the Bible said, Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas what? Cussed and screamed and yelled? That's what I would be doing. Come on, man. Come on. You're in prison following God, and you're in shackles, shot out like this, stuck on a thing laying there, and then you're supposed to thank God. And Paul, can you imagine the complaining? They're probably like, oh, great. Everybody in the prison. Oh, I'm in prison. This, this. I didn't do it. He did it. You did it. We did it. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been there. So don't, don't, don't worry about it. I ain't picking on you. You understand what I mean? It ain't the most inducing environment for, uh, for praise. These guys got a tough, right? And what they say, Paul and Silas sat there and did like this. Uh, Paul got an idea. He said, I got an idea. What's that? Let's praise the Lord. <laughs> Let's praise the Lord. Just shut up. I'm in prison. 
I don't want to praise no God for what he's doing. He ain't doing nothing good. We're shot on in here. He said, no, you don't know. He said, let's praise the Lord. And the Bible said, Paul in silence saying praises unto God. And when they started singing praises unto God, the Bible said that the jailhouse started to shake. Amen. And everybody, everybody, now look at, here's all you quiet praising people. All you quiet praising people. You know what I mean by that? You think, I'm so refined. I cannot yell. I'm just very calm. I'm so reserved. I'm so reserved. I'm reserved. I'm not looking at you because I think you're reserved, but I know some of you think, like, I don't yell about nothing. Yeah? Let me go to Publix and follow you, and somebody take something you want out of the cart. You yell like a wild person. You know what I mean? Let me take you, send you to your grandson's, like, baseball game. I've seen some of you. You ain't that safe. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Your football team, your baseball team, something you like. Hello? Let, oh, here you go. Let's all go to Dillard's with you on a sale day. Let's go on the best sale day of the year, and I'll take all you little, you, know, you cute little ladies with me, and we'll go shopping. Let somebody grab the last one on the deal rack. I bet you got a lot more fight in you than you let us know. I'll find you if you leave me in this room long enough. You know what I'm saying? We take you to Dairy Queen and tell them they just ran out of the cherry dip. Uh-oh, watch out. Now somebody's going to go off. Come on. I'll find you in here, okay? So let me not meddle, okay? What am I trying to get you to say? And Paul and Silas started singing praise. The whole jail heard them. That ain't quiet praise. And what started happening? It started shaking. What started shaking? The building started shaking. The building started shaking. I read in 2 Chronicles 5, 6, and 7. You should read it for your own good. I'll take you there. The praise of God got so good that the presence of God, they couldn't get in the door. Can you imagine? I go to the door, right? Follow. Which, which side's brighter? That side? I'm going to try to keep you in the brighter side. Let's go over here, right? Can you imagine? They, like, go to the door, and they were worshiping God in the building, and they went to go get the door, and they couldn't open the door. The Bible said that they actually, they actually, the door, the door was closed. And they're trying to pull the door, and the presence of God wouldn't let the door up. They said they pressed against the door. They tried to lean in the door. The glory, they, they went into the door, and the glory of God was so strong, it bounced off them. The presence of God got so thick because the ark of God's presence was there that they couldn't get in. And they sent the praisers there. They started praising. The presence of God came down so strong. It said that the priest tried to get the door open, and they couldn't get in the door because the glory of God was bad. They were bouncing all day. Tried to get in and say, boom, something knocking. We can't see what it is. And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant and, and the oracle of the house under the most high, even under the wings of the cherubs. Keep reading. it tell you right there. For the cherubs spread the wings, and the ark of the covenant was there and above all. Keep going. Watch this. And they drew out staves and art, and they all worshiped God, and they seen his name, and it keeps going on. And look what it says. I think we can find it if we look. Keep going. But if you look, it says this, and they couldn't, and there was nothing in the ark except the two tablets, and Moses was in the king of Egypt. We're going to keep going. Watch this. It'll tell you there. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified. What? They, could, they didn't, couldn't even wait. Also, the Levites, they went in, the singers, and everybody went with the cymbals and the harps and all the worship tools, all the instruments, Judah, all the praisers showed up. Trumpets, horns, sounding trumpets, the worship team. Yeah, that's why when they get up there, y'all stare at them. What are they wearing today? It came to pass as they started going, and what? And to be heard, and as the praising and the thanking of the Lord showed up with everything given praise to God. The praising and the thanking and the music 
and the cymbals and the harps and everything, started thanking the Lord. Look what happened. Keep going. Look, the presence of God came. And the instruments of music, that the house was filled with a cloud. What you mean a cloud? A cloud came in. It's the presence of God. Sometimes I close my eyes in here. It looks cloudy when the glory comes. They got in one accord, started worshiping God, and the glory of God showed. What's, gonna, what's your house going to look like when the glory shows up? You know, and, you know, William Seymour, who, create, who started the Azusa Street Revival, that's when Pentecost broke out. He was a one-eyed preacher, and he prayed till Pentecost hit. William Seymour took, took Azusa Street. It was California, Los Angeles. It started in Kansas City. Kansas City was the outbreak. Um, there was a, upon a, a Pentecostal, uh, um, Agnes Agnew started Pentecost in Kansas City or Kansas, Missouri. Uh, it hit her, and it traveled. William Seymour came to those meetings. Par, Charles Parham, this is church history. Charles Parham and all those guys from here. William Seymour, he's an African-American one-eyed preacher in Azusa Street. Nobody knew what was going on with this guy. He got filled with Pentecost, went to L.A. and released Pentecost. The fire department was called to the church on numerous occasions because people seen flames and smoke coming out the building that weren't really there. That's the God's honest truth, man. You think I'm kidding, man. When Pente- he said, in tongues of fire, yeah, you get tongues of fire, they show up, they start hitting the building, the glory will show up. They start seeing smoke coming out the building, they call the fire department. He said, ain't no fire in here like that. People would walk by and see smoke coming out the building. The glory. When the glory of God hits a place, trust me, the earth's going to know it. Yes. They'll come. Yes. We might be on the verge of a revival. Get ready. Come on, somebody. The fire might hit the place and smoke start coming out the door. They'll be like, relevance, relevance on fire. Come on, somebody. Look, so that the priest could not stand the minister by the reason of the cloud. <laughs> For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Why'd they get in there? They praised it in there. They put it in there with their praise. They couldn't get in the door. You read 2 Chronicles 7. You don't have to go there. 2 Chronicles 7 said they tried to open the door. They couldn't open the door. The glory was in there. See, he said, I want the presence of God. Okay, well, he's ready to show up. You got to praise him in there. See it? Don't forget this. We're going to go. You ready? Why don't you just stand up on your feet now? Come on. We're going to go, but here's what you got to know. Praise 